0: This is the Education Gadfly Show.
1: I had the idol on my life's oh, plate. Lasers. And my grandma used to thought I meant like I was being lazy. What does Gadfly say?
2: Hello, this is your host, Mike Petrilli of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, here at the Education Gadfly Show and online at Excellence.net. And now, please join me in welcoming my Fordham Institute colleagues, my co hosts for the week, the Millie vanilli of education reform, Brandon Wright and David Griffith. I'm not an imposter.
3: <laughs> well, I'm still <laughs> lost. Sorry. No,
2: no. Uh, wait, wait,
3: wait. I'm not a plagiarist.
2: Uh you're you're not I'm not I, a faker. Somebody anyway.
3: give me a one sentence explanation. A- am I getting Billy strong- Vanilli was famous because they they uh what they they they, they like lip synced their yeah. way to stardom, like they weren't actually the people singing yeah. on the track that made them famous. Oh yeah. that's right? Right. Okay, okay, right. Okay, okay. And there was yes. right. yeah. right. Oh, but
2: and there were two of them, right? Two of them, yes And there's two and of there's you And two of
3: us. Two of
2: them. That's yep. that's all I got. That's I get. So one of you can be called Millie and the other Vanilli. And uh, yeah, there you go. And, right. and it gives me an excuse to think about the 80s, which was such an
3: awesome decade. I do hold, though, that Brandon Wright is speaking right now.
2: All right. Very, very good. Brandon and David, thanks for joining on the show. It is a crazy and difficult time in our country, Uh, but we are going to focus on education reform and a somewhat crazy poll that came out this week from Education Next. Let's do Ed Reform Update. (music) All right, gentlemen, new Education Next poll is out, our annual Education Next whole hour I say because I'm one of the executive editors proud of that at ed next uh, and the big headline news is big drop in support for charter schools not just among Democrats you could explain that with Donald Trump not just among minorities uh again ditto uh, but among everybody including Republicans see I'm suspect what of this
3: the head told you about is this going on
2: the podcast. you're suspect all right tell us well there certainly is a decline you're not disputing that
3: uh no, but I think it's primarily actually confusion plus Trump. Confusion. So in 2016, Trump. right, they asked the question in two ways: okay. one without context, you like charters, right, and one with context, explaining essentially what charters were, right. When they asked it without context, almost half of the people said, "I don't know." They didn't know what charters were. Essentially, right. they didn't know enough to have an opinion and when they is, gave. And context, this is
2: consistent with lots of other sure. uh, opinion polls. Whenever you ask people do you like charter schools, you get this same. What right. and and a lot of times people will say, I, I like them, I don't like them. And then you'll ask them, well, tell me a little bit about charter schools. Are, are are they public? No, they're private. You know, can they teach religion? Oh yeah, they can teach religion. You know, can they charge tuition? Oh yeah, they can charge tuition. Right. People
3: are right.
2: have no idea what a charter school is.
3: So but, so when they gave context, yeah. uh, the fifty percent dropped to about twenty um for people on both sides of the aisle. Um the that, pe- that
2: did not have people who who
3: who who didn't give an opinion, who okay. who who neither opposed nor supported right. um charter schools. Uh this year they only asked it with context. Yeah. And yeah, when you ask it with context, the numbers for Republicans and Democrats drop. But this year they added a question where they where they asked the exact same question, but yep. then they added the info That Trump likes charters.
2: Yeah, but that was only for half of the people. That was an
3: experiment. We did this as a... Right, so... When this happened, though, not only did the numbers go up, they went up so high that they went above 2016 support for Republicans. Right. A massive, massive jump. Also a massive fall for Democrats. Yeah. So, A, it shows that there's seemingly confusion here. Mm Mm-hmm there was a 14-point a jump for support mm-hmm. when Republicans learned that Trump liked charters. Okay. So seemingly those 14 people, the, the, that 14% of people not, didn't really, not really not know work, yeah. enough. <laughs> sure, 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 right. But it at least suggests some confusion. Yeah. All right. All right.
2: So, but, so what uh, you're saying is that this decline among Republicans, uh, you can explain, you said that you know that there seemed to be Republicans out there who are against charter schools until they learn that
3: Donald Trump likes charter schools, and then they are for them. So if it becomes more well-known that Trump likes charters, then they're actually, suggested by this poll, isn't a Republican drop at all, just a massive, massive Democratic one, which seems to me to suggest that this is very politically and Trump-driven, despite the big takeaway headline.
0: Okay, but here's what I don't get, right?
3: Because it didn't find a, a drop for vouchers, right? Right. Well, find- uh, no, it, it did find a drop for vouchers for all kids for Democrats. But when the voucher program is targeted at low-income kids, then both sides of the aisle support it. And on vouchers or on private school choice, when Republicans learn that Trump likes them, there's actually a much, much smaller jump, mm-hmm. suggesting perhaps less confusion that the DeVos-Trump sort of support of private school choice is more well-known mm-hmm. than the support of charter schools.
2: All right, but what David was about to say was...
3: I don't know. I was going to say, I mean, I was
0: going to (laughs) say, if if you'd asked me beforehand what I thought the poll would show, right, I would have guessed that it would have shown a drop for vouchers and essentially stabilization for charters, right? On the theory that most, you know, at least reformers, right, people in the education community in the center-left are are pro-charter, right, and Mm -hmm. Obama was pro-charter, and, you know, where you lose a lot of Democrats is voucher, and I would expect... That you know, the combination of Trump and, and
3: DeVos support would would have driven that number down, and it does drive it down when the when the programs are targeted at, at all kids. But when the question is asked for low income kids, do you support this? Then Democratic yeah. support actually goes up.
2: Look, I, I think David said an important word, which was Obama. Right? I mean, we have to we talk about the Trump effect, uh, but we also have to talk about the Obama effect. Right? I mean, we miss obama in the education reform world you know that uh it is is true that uh when republicans knew that he supported something like common core you would see support go down but not by as much and support would go up much more dramatically you know it's, it's just one of these things it's the boomerang effect or the trump effect people are talking about that right now if you are in you know Issue advocate on whatever your issue, generally speaking, you don't want Trump to embrace your issue, you know, because, hey, he's down. He's got, you know, a third of the country supports him at this point. Almost two thirds opposed. I mean, those are terrible numbers. Now, Republicans still strong support in there. And so that plays out
3: differently. very strong. Apparently.
2: It shows a polarization. I think there's also that something simpler here, which is that charter schools have been in the news a lot. Right? And the news thrives on conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's been conflict about charter schools. People may be more aware or even aware, they, they may have it somewhere in in their mind, in their brain, you know, buried in there, the notion that charter schools, oh, that's controversial. Yeah. Uh, and that alone drives down support. That's a good point. You know, there hasn't been much talk lately about Common Core and about standards and testing, at least not as much. And guess what? We see that that has flattened out a little bit, even ticked back up again. And by the way, I mean, if you don't say common core, let's talk about standards here. If you ask people, do you think there should be common high standards expectations, you know, set across the country? 60% say yes. Only 20% say no. Three to one. I mean, that's incredible. So, right. one so one, anyway, one. I, I'm just saying that I think that the fact that charters have been in the news and thus uh, have this perception among people that they're controversial, that they may be part of what's happening here. On the other hand, I, mean, I can't explain one thing why about vouchers, are,
3: you know, haven't... haven't right. <laughs> Because because vouchers and private school choices, I mean, I work in ed policy. I've told you this in the past. For my first few years here, it was an obscure issue. Not talked about much. I didn't really exactly know how it worked, but mm-hmm. it has recently become a huge topic of conversation. Like you said, with charters, it's been in the news way, way more, connected to very controversial people, yet the support, yeah. when targeted correctly, has gone up all right so uh, let me it just f- seems like trump
0: I mean well yeah I mean I think clearly there's some of that Mike your comment made me think like maybe I, I mean the the NAACP thing yep. has yep. been in the news right frankly I mean like, like as a Democrat I, I wonder that could have a bigger effect on mm-hmm. you know um frankly white Democrats yeah um even than African-American Democrats um just because they look to that as sort of like a cue right I mm-hmm. mean uh, you know, am I being sort of a good liberal, right? Am I, right. You know, am I on the side of <laughs> white uh, guilt or something? Right, yeah, that's right. That's the word. Um, uh, yeah. Y- you know, and and so if they see, for example, that the NAACP, right, which they associate with black empowerment is against charter schools. I mean, that's really potentially damaging to their view of them as 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 an organization.
3: I, I don't know. Oddly, when you don't mention Trump, charter school support drops more for Republicans than Democrats mm. by a point. So it's essentially the same. Huh. Which which is, yeah, you know, yeah, that doesn't really
2: all play. very <laughs> perplexing. Look, and the, the other point people have made, I think it's right, is that the unions and others that they, they've had a very well funded, coordinated campaign against charter schools and, of course, vouchers as well. And it works, negative advertising works. You drop millions of dollars, uh, you know, you, whether you're campaigning negatively against a candidate or an idea, you can. Soften support for that idea. You know, in the Common Core context, many states have figured out, well, we're going to stop calling it Common Core. That helps. What about charters? Do we need to rename charter schools? Is there another way to rebrand them to help people understand what they are and why they're important? I, uh, and or, or do we just say, you know what, we don't care if people like, quote, charter schools or not, as long as legislators like them and as long as we keep
0: growing high quality ones. I mean, I think it, the, the data show that People are already pretty confused about what charters are, so if we start calling them That's something else,
3: or we're, 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 people will never know what they are. So I think more education, as opposed to a rebranding thing, would actually be better. Again, 2016's sixteen's result that half of people didn't know enough about charters to have an opinion really shows that most people just don't don't know.
2: All right, we are out of time, guys. Thank you for a great conversation. Now it's time for everyone's favorite Amber's Research Minute. Amber, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mike. You know, I mentioned Millie Vanilli earlier. What who who's your favorite 80s band?
1: Billy Idol.
2: Hands nice. down.
1: Yes. Hands down, no question. White I wedding. was the biggest Billy Idol yeah. fan ever. I had B Idol on my license plate. Oh, nice. And my, yeah, and my <laughs> grandmother used awesome. to thought I meant like I was being lazy. She's like, Be idol, <laughs> honey. Why are you being idol? And I'm like, have you heard of this guy? That's, a, that's oh, a great man, story. Oh, man, oh, I'm I telling you, it. I was into it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I
2: didn't get it at the time, but I recently was was going through listening to, you know, the best rock albums of all time and and listened yeah. to his old stuff from the 70s really and
1: wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talent.
2: Talent. Talent. Guy.
1: Well, he, yeah. he was completely on drugs and everything else during the whole time. I read his, uh, this is how bad I am. I read yeah. his autobiography wow. recently. Well, because you um, were an
2: English teacher. You do these,
1: yeah. you, And you I just, books. I it's guess good. I just didn't realize that he was just completely smashed every he? time he ever got on stage. Like, I felt bad for the guy, but he managed yeah. to like turn out and still have a brain cell and write a book. So, yeah.
3: And his, his anyway. two most popular songs are still popular. I, I played yeah. them a lot yeah. when, you know, first started yeah. getting I, into I, music. Honestly,
1: I got in a cab recently and the guy was listening to White Wedding and it was yeah. like an older guy, like yeah. an Indian, an old Indian guy. I'm like really yeah yeah (laughs) all right that's mainstream baby
2: all right what you got for us this week Amber? we got
1: a new study out an education researcher the summer issue it examines whether students who took dual credit courses were more likely to get a college degree Mm -hmm. and whether there are differences based on the selectivity of the institution they attended okay Okay? so researchers attended
2: later or while getting their dual credit
1: while well after they got their dual credit okay So researchers from the University of Illinois examined data from the Illinois high school class of 2003. They analyzed the impact of dual credit participation on post-secondary completion within seven years of graduating from high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were ultimately able to match about 9,000 dual credit participants to an equal number of non-participants within the same high school Mm -hmm. and with a similar student-level profile. Mm -hmm. Okay, they use this methodology called your nearest neighbor propensity score matching Mm -hmm. uh, where dual enrollment and non-dual enrollment students were matched only from those who enrolled in post-secondary education, Mm -hmm. first of all. And then they're matched within high schools to attempt to control for all these various school and student level variables. And then they're matched on all these other baseline factors like demographics, family income, Mm -hmm. ACT scores, high school GPA. Like there are two pages of what they're matched on. Okay, And they use Barron's rating to bucket these institutions according to how Mm -hmm. selective they are. In short, they found that degree completion results overall were significantly better for students who participated in dual credit compared to their match peers who did not participate. Hmm. This was true for both obtaining any type of degree and for obtaining a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, The positive impact was greatest for students starting at a community college and less competitive colleges. We kind of. Right, okay. that makes kind of makes sense. Specifically, dual credit community college students were significantly more likely to obtain a bachelor's degree than their non-dual enrollment match peers. It was about a twenty percent rate to a nineteen percent rate, which is pretty low mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that's a nine percentage point difference, and um, it's notable. The researchers were saying because you know all these students have to transfer elsewhere for a bachelor, I mean, yeah. a bachelor's degree um, because community colleges don't you know, grant those type of degrees. Um, Results for other colleges at other selectivity levels showed differences as well, but they were viewed as less reliable. They do all these sort of selectivity Mm -hmm. and, I mean, rather um, sensitivity Mm tests, and they didn't pass them all. So anyway, even though they found that it didn't matter as so much for students at very competitive institutions, they kind of throw those results out and say, eh, they're not that reliable, but Here's what we found anyway. So the bottom line is they uh, they just say that the evidence basically says that the greatest boost to a degree attainment relative to this dual credit question mm-hmm. is for kids who start in a community college rather than a more selective college. And they result even if the kid just took one course. Hmm. If they just take one course, they still saw the benefits.
2: And, and are those kids, As if I'm, I'm assuming here, but check this, I mean, are they more likely to be poor minority kids? I uh, mean, uh, Yes. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's interesting, you know, so uh, Checker has been writing some about this. He's, mm-hmm. he's working on a big project around advanced placement and worried that uh, dual enrollment, uh, because there's no external standards, there's no exam you have to pass, uh, that it might, you know, but you can get college credit, mm-hmm. that it, it is, in in effect, it competing with AP and might be mm-hmm. easier for people and more appealing because mm-hmm. you don't have to get a three or a four or five on an AP test to get right. this credit. Uh but it kind of sounds like maybe these are not kids who are are in the advanced placement profile well. anyway. Anyway, that's these are right. different. there's a different group of
1: kids, right? That's, it it it, it also reminds
3: me. me of I think the study that we talked about last week, hmm. uh, which was um, that when you are perhaps two weeks ago when when you force kids to take the ACT and you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, more college-ready kids who wouldn't otherwise go to college do. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially getting them through the college doors. Uh, this sort of dual enrollment program, mm-hmm. aside from, you know, the sort of academic rigor of it, mm-hmm. seems to, at the very least, expose these kids to college and perhaps that exposure, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that sort of comfort right. level right. increase right. gets them through the college doors post high school, right. um, regardless of what they learn right. from the class. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's right. right. And
2: and and you know, and therefore, it might not have as big an impact on kids who would have been going through those college doors anyway. anyway. And again, right. to be clear, I'm, I'm very clear. I'm not saying that the poor minority kids can't succeed in AP. Of course, they sure. can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those kids who are succeeding in AP are probably going to go to four year colleges. That's right. Right. Not to community colleges. As, as yeah, older, which
1: would so. make a sense why we wouldn't if, if it's true why they wouldn't see those bigger bumps when yeah. these kids are going to more selective yeah. colleges.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, Look, I I like you know. It, if this was structured as a dual, not just a dual enrollment, but but almost an early college kind of approach with mm-hmm. the community college where, mm-hmm. you know, you're, there's a seamless transition into that community college. Mm-hmm. And there could be a track where it's more, you know, the academic track for kids who want to start a community college, go on to a four-year degree, but also a technical track for kids mm-hmm. who are doing, you know, CTE in high school into a technical program at the community college. I mean, I think there are a handful of these kinds of examples around there pretty right. powerful stuff.
1: Yeah, because the one question they didn't get into was what, how is dual enrollment defined? Are these actually in the high school yeah, or are yeah, they yeah, in yeah, the college? Right, right. Who's teaching these courses makes a big difference, right, you would think they didn't
2: with, get, with quality. Because yeah. Brandon, that's the thing, is a lot of these dual enrollment programs, they're taking place at the high school, the school. and often taught uh-huh. by high school teachers. That's, so it uh-huh. doesn't necessarily mean that the kids are yeah. getting to a taste of life on college mm-hmm. campuses. That's certainly. Though maybe
3: although
2: it'd be, I mean, who knows, maybe in Illinois
3: they are. I don't know. Yeah. That's, it just varies that term yeah because I know sometimes they go to college yeah because I know that my wife when she was in high school went to college while she was in high school Mm
2: -hmm. yeah let's find out about that okay
1: Good stuff, Amber. Thank you very I much. I searched a long time for this one, by the way. It was a little bit barren in research land this week. So. All right. Yeah. Hey, still Glad good. Glad to find Good stuff. It, yes. good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Go listen to your Billy Idol. <laughs> that is all the time
2: we've got for this week. Until next week. I'm Brandon Wright. And I'm Mike Petrilli at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, signing off.
0: The Education Gadfly Show is a production of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, located in Washington, D.C. For more information, visit us online at edexcellence.net.